Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 256. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. Episode 256. It's a fireside chat. It's the second one that I've had with my good friend, uh, Devin Walker, local entrepreneur here, serial entrepreneur, and it's just a free-flowing free flowing conversation. We talk a lot today about um, fear again, overcoming limiting beliefs. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about leadership. It's a great conversation. They're a lot of fun, and uh, we recorded this a couple weeks ago in February. Uh, it's just a great conversation. I hope you're going to enjoy it, and um, again, I really appreciate you turning tuning into the show. This is the show where we focus on the topic of leadership entrepreneurship, overcoming limiting beliefs, self-doubt, pushing yourself, the grit, the grind, the daily struggle that is involved in leading a significant life because this is what it's all about. It's about pursuing a life of significance. You can't do it by yourself, folks. You cannot. You have to find people, surround yourself with people who have the same life vision as you do. And I'll have a solo episode. I've been taking some notes. I'm going to talk about this in, in great length about finding people. There's one thing that has impacted my life significantly over the last 12 months. It's being intentional about finding those five to seven folks that you can connect with on a day-to-day basis and live life with. And this is outside of your family, not neglecting the family, but finding other people who have this kind of life vision of, of leading a significant life. It, it does wonders. You can't do things by yourself. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm doing these fireside chats uh, Devin is in uh, my circle, one of the individuals in the circle where we do that. And we have a group called the Syndicate where we um, do life with each other. Uh, five people that um, completely different backgrounds, a lot of different uh, political and religious beliefs, but it doesn't matter. We all have the same drive and desire to impact other lives, our lives, with significance. And leadership is at the core of that. And that's why we do that. Or we talk about that on this show. And that's why I'm doing this show. And if you're finding some value in Dose of Leadership, there's a great way you can support this show. This is a free show. Um, But Patreon, a great um, business and website that allows creatives like myself, where you can actually go to my page on Patreon and you can support this show directly. And uh, there's no advertising on the show. So any Financial support you can provide, Dose of Leadership, would be, uh, I'd be internally grateful, and and any support would be great. And patreon.com slash doseofleadership is where you can find it, or go to doseofleadership.com, click in the left-hand sidebar, support us on Patreon, or even up there in the menu item, support us on Patreon. It's easy to find, and you can uh, donate to the show. There's some rewards, too, or you can just donate with no rewards as well. Check it out, patreon.com slash doseofleadership. And if you need a speaker, group coach, or one-on-one coach, check out more information at richardryerson.com. You can find out more information about masterminding with me, hiring me as a coach or as a speaker, and I would love to hear from you as well. All right, again, Devin Walker and I just sat down a couple weeks ago in February, 
And uh, Fireside Chat number two, I hope you're going to find some great value. Let me know what you think. You can reach out to me uh, on this show to let me know what you think about this conversation. You can also reach out directly to Devin at DevinWalker.com, and he'd love to hear from you as well. All right, without further ado, Devin and I in Fireside Chat number two on those two videos. Well, Devin, uh, it's good to be back with you. This is our second fireside chat. I got some good feedback from our first one. I don't know on your end. What did you hear? Anything on yours? I saw some people talking about how they loved our conversation about perspective and yeah. feedback on your end. Yeah, I got a lot of feedback. A lot of people were uh, really enjoy- said they really enjoyed the conversation and got uh, some gems. Yeah, that's what I heard. Very good. That's good. I'm glad. Well, a couple things I've been hearing. I just want to kind of talk about what's been kind of. The conversations that in my circle and the people I've been talking with, and we've been talking about this idea of dreaming big mm-hmm. and kind of coupled with, with failure. That's been on a lot of people's minds. And it was interesting that w- what I learned or kind of the big aha moment for me this week was it's about when we're going to lead this life of significance, it's really the daily intentional um, application of the ordinary things time and time again, coupled with this idea of dreaming big. And I thought that was kind of a, a fascinating combination because a lot of times we're dreaming big and we think we need to do something big all the time. Uh-huh. But it's almost like we just need to consistently do the ordinary things better than everybody else consistently time and time again. What are your or thoughts? Better or better than you did them before. better than before, right. You know, I mean, how do, you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, <laughs> right? right? It's, it's having that patience, I think, is a lot of times what, what most people that go after it and I, I, I was reluctant to use the word most or majority when I talk about up-and-coming entrepreneurs or because it's painted with a very broad stroke. But honestly, um, I mean, we can think of a handful. You know, we can almost sit here and write a list of those tycoons, the titans, mm-hmm. the ones that have really gone after it. And that's hard to believe since um, I guess it would have been Vanderbilt, Cornelius Vanderbilt would have been the very first to do something from nothing, you know. Right. And um, so it is a very small minority of of the super successful. Um, I feel like I got sidetracked. <laughs> no, but I think you're right because you you study someone like Vanderbilt or Carnegie or something like mm-hmm. that, and they were. It's it's almost like every action they did was bold, and I. And I think maybe that's where we get sucked in. Maybe, you know, great to study them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe with the proper context and perspective, it's like... But you can't say, I'm going to emulate right. John D. Rockefeller right. in every single thing I do, and that's going to guarantee me success. Exactly. Um, it, it's not. But we will. We do all get, you know, um, blindsided, and we do all come up against those things, and we have to look at... How, not what they did, but why and how they did. They faced adversity when they they did, mm-hmm. um, and the turn of the century, you know, two centuries ago now, I guess, you know, those guys were kind of inventing everything. Also, as they went along, I mean, there's no such thing as having a monopoly, but you know, <laughs> right. back then, and uh, that got them a long ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just add up Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, and Andrew Carnegie. They were to combined worth over a trillion dollars, right? Which was more than the United States was worth mm-hmm. back then. Um, but yeah, they were always faced with uh, with those sorts of things. And I loved studying them. 
I'm a, I'm a huge student of success. I, I love learning about what what they all did and, and why they did the things they did and the decisions they made. Um, Do you think that, compare and contrast now and today, I've always said, you've heard me say this before, I think this is probably the best time to be alive on the planet, despite all the negativity that's out there and how overwhelming or how negative it may seem. At the same time, we're afforded more opportunities than, say, the Carnegies and you know in that time frame. Would you agree? I mean... I think so. I'm 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 I super excited about what's going on right now, and and I mean we 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 are at the precipice of creating those new kind of uh, titans, mm-hmm. so to speak. And um, you know, and you do have a couple that are emerging. Steve Jobs is the first one that comes to mind. Bill Gates, Elon Branson. Musk, you know, Richard Branson to an extent. But I mean, uh, these true titans, they. They kind of see what's coming before it's coming, and yeah. they they also have this sense about them that I, I love. I've it's one of the things I have a hard time wrapping my mind around because they have this sense of I deserve it. Why not me? You know, they. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's it's almost an arrogance about them. But you know, John Rockefeller is probably the one I can think of the most. I, I mean, he was he was going to uh, who was he meeting with Vanderbilt mm-hmm. and I don't know if you know this but he was going to meet with Vanderbilt and he missed his train by 6 minutes and that train yeah. fell off a bridge and right. killed everyone right. and he suddenly realized that I mean he thought he had this this uh you know the god basically said <laughs> you have a bigger destiny <laughs> right. and so I'm saving you from this train so and he had that sense of purpose from that day right. on and a lot of, um, in fact, all of these guys, even as current as Elon Musk, they have this this sense, sense about this purpose, yeah. this overwhelming purpose. They not just having a mission; it's a whole different thing than having a mission. They genuinely burn with, I, I, I. There's more to what I I can do that I belong. No one else should be doing what I have to do. It kind of struck me. I mean, don't you think that's the secret right there? I mean, if if we could all tap into what our real purpose is, then then the kind of the fire and the passion doesn't mean we're going to be Elon Musk's. But I mean, in our own little world, isn't that the, like the key to start changing the world is tapping into your purpose and why you're here? Yeah, I, I do. I I don't how to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, that was my follow up yeah. question. Is like, how do we do that? What are the steps that we can do to start finding? Because it is separate. To me, it's separate from just having a mission or being passionate yeah, about right. something. Um, I don't like that word. I use it in my vernacular, but mm-hmm. I tell, the, the word passion kind of drives me crazy. Me too. Days. It's become a catchphrase, and everybody throws it around lately. And it's it's like the one of one of the top ten entrepreneurial catchphrases that I hear <laughs> all the time. But it is a true word. I mean, the genuine entrepreneurs, these guys that we're talking about, they are passionate. And the beauty is, and I've noticed it when when you when I hear somebody and meet somebody and they say, "Oh, I'm passionate about this." I know they're not because when you're passionate, when you're genuinely passionate about something, you have to stand up when you talk about it. You right. can't you 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 can't sit down. You you almost have your voice gets louder. Right. That's when you're truly truly passionate. And if you find that, then yeah, you do have to proceed forward. And then how you find that that purpose behind the passion. Or that purpose that drives the passion. That's what I'm yeah, thinking of. Yeah, because it, the, the, the reason why it becomes so second nature to them, it's like breathing, is because they're tapped in 
to their purpose. And maybe the purpose is as simple as I'm, I'm meant for something bigger than this. Mm-hmm. I You hear them say that all the time. And it's not... They're not trying... I don't think they're trying to be braggart you no. know, when they say that. They... I agree with you. Yeah, it's like it's it's it's, it's like a gnawing saying. There's something bigger than this, and even going back to even Rockefeller, and I was trying to remember his beginnings, which were fairly humble, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. right? And he was, but there was a gnawing in him, if I remember correctly. If I read about it, he had a gnawing even from. Like Roosevelt, even Teddy Roosevelt, he's always had a gnawing in him, right? Yeah, those are two guys that both became the exact opposite of where they started. And, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, was the guy that uh, was ridiculed in his town. He walked around. He was from a rich family. Right, right. Um, but he walked around dressed very uh, flamboyantly <laughs> right. for the time and, and was ridiculed and called names and stuff. And so he reinvented himself. He created himself and went and got a, some photographs taken of him dressed as a frontiersman. Right. With this tailored frontiersman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. $500 <laughs> right. silver knife in his, right, right. from Tiffany's, by the way. Um, and and uh, John Rockefeller, he, um, he was starting a struggling uh, oil. Yeah company and then he was just picked from obscurity by uh, um, Cornelius Vanderbilt um, I, I feel like and I th- I mean I, I empathize with the gnawing I talked about that before with other entrepreneurs and other mentors of mine and I said and I couldn't define it and sometimes I struggle with it even today I think I've tapped into more what I think my purpose is but there's always a gnawing there does that make sense and I think a lot of us do we ignore the gnawing? Do we, do we think? You know, I think I, a lot of people are afraid of that. Anymore. Yeah, I think not of the gnawing itself, but of the results if the they results do follow that. Yeah, um, and these other, you know, the ones that succeed. I've also another trait that I've always noticed is they're highly competitive. Yeah, highly competitive. They, even if they don't like Zuckerberg, doesn't seem like he is, but he can't get that way if you're not competitive yeah and i think sometimes we 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 look at that as it has almost a negative connotation or it has for Mm -hmm. decades it seems like that there's a negative connotation that competitiveness but i think you're right and either if it's competition with yourself i guess we don't like to say that i'm doing this to to put this ahead means somebody suffers or Mm -hmm. they, they suffer in my wake but i i think you can't i think i agree with you i mean i know i agree with you you cannot achieve a level of significance without being competitive at least being competitive with yourself and pushing yourself for it. and part and of and part of being competitive is being fearless right and and that's that's what we're you know that's these guys that get stopped by some by fear are the ones that they can't go any further they're 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 being paralyzed they second guess they they doubt themselves they mm-hmm. listen to other people and the ones of significance, the ones of significant success, are the ones that don't listen to everyone else and don't. Is it fearless or I like I like courageousness. I used to say fearless a lot, but now I'm thinking it's more about being courageous. courageous. Being because the fear. I've come to believe. I'm interested to see what you think about this. I've come to accept and believe that the fear really never goes away. But when you do the ignoring part, what you just said, ignoring what people say, what your inner voice mm-hmm. is saying, and doing it anyway—that's the definition of courage, right? And that so is. it's like pushing, 
it's it's ignoring that. Yeah, I, 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 I like that a lot more. You're, I understand what you're saying. I, and I personally like it a lot more because I don't actually like the word fear. I don't. I, I have beat a drum for a long time that fear is the most. I can't even believe it's in the dictionary. Yeah, I don't like the word either. I hate it. It's a not. It's a. It may as well be a Seussical word. You know, something out of a Doctor Seuss book. I will not eat it in a box. <laughs> right. I. To me, and to I think any entrepreneur. There is absolutely no such thing as fear or failure. Maybe there, I guess there might be fear, but I don't want to sound like Yoda. But you know, fear leads to failure, and mm-hmm. and failure is even more of a nonsense word to me. I mean, yeah. There's, I don't even, I don't. There is no such thing as failure. It's a temporary setback to the final conclusion. Yeah, it's right? just it's a pre-success. It's a pre-success. You yeah. know, that's what I call. I call them pre-successes. I mean. You know, everybody's listening on a podcast, but my hair didn't look this great when I woke up first thing in the morning. <laughs> right. And and for those that are listening, you might want to Google me and yeah. you'll, you'll get the joke at that right. point. Um, it took a few tries, right? And during during that process, I didn't, you know, throw my, my comb in the trash and, and shave my head and cry and give up. Right. You know, I just tr- kept going. It's part of the process. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I can't even... I genuinely, and I'm willing to bet this is the same case with whether it was Henry Ford or Oprah or whoever, we genuinely have no room or even really understanding of failure. I, I don't even know what it would be. I guess quitting might be failure. I think, yeah, for, I've come to believe or I've come to accept that failure does mean that you've basically stopped breathing. Yeah, you know that, I guess that would be or failure. You've completely checked out. Yeah, and for whatever reason, and you've, yeah, because even if you've, and I guess, I used to think failure was. Anytime something didn't go goal, the way you go imagined, the way you planned it, right? That's and that's crazy. Yeah, that's that is completely that's crazy. crazy. Thinking. You are a crazy man. Yeah. <laughs> um, it but it really is. It is crazy. You're right because, that's how it goes. I mean, yeah. Every single day, everything. I mean, the traffic isn't the way we want it to be when we're driving, but we didn't fail at driving <laughs> right. or fail at getting to our right. destination. Right. It's the suspension of, I think, to me, the, the key of when I started understanding or at least accepting and believing, and a lot of this has to do with, um, how did somebody put it to me? But it's the suspension of belief on how things are going to get done. You have to suspend at a certain level how you're going to achieve something. You just have to know through that confidence, or some people might label it as arrogance. But I think that's where there's a there's a suspension of belief. When you know Elon Musk isn't sitting there going, you know, when he said, "I want to go to Mars by this date," and everybody's saying that's impossible, he's like, "I'm don't know how I'm going to get to Mars right now. I just know we're going to get to Mars by this date," and that starts a whole sequence of events. That's Absolutely not, right. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's that is the way that whether it's I mean Ford was is a good yeah, example. Absolutely. We just brought up Henry Ford when he started his his company. He was making or he wanted to make Ford cars, but there was a um, a board. I can't remember what the name of it is, but they had to prove that you could make cars back then. And this was pre monopoly pre um, uh, trade, um, and. Uh, 
fortunately, at the same time that he was starting his company, Rockefeller was in at the Supreme Court fighting the monopoly that uh, I guess it would have been Standard Oil, mm-hmm. um, and uh, when they ruled, Ford said, "Oh, great!" I'm, and he just completely quit talking to that board that <laughs> right. was there. He and he ignored him. He just said, "You know what? I'm going to do it," and did it. Um, and yeah, Elon Musk landing spaceships on floating platforms in the middle of the ocean. Um, they do suspend that. They, they, we do. I mean, we, we just know that it's just, it has to be done. And, it, and once you jump, once you take that leap, you know, uh, here's, a good, here's a good story that I, I think people might enjoy. Um, when I used to go around and, and do a lot of public speaking, around, I, I don't know if I've told you this story either, but... There was a guy that would come out and speak before me, mm-hmm. and uh, he would always talk about the nuts and bolts of entrepreneurship, kind of the how to file your LLC, um, uh, where the where funding comes from, how to get a loan from the SBA, right? All the snooze stuff. Yeah. I, that's what I would say. <laughs> and uh, the, but it was the nuts and bolts, and people need to know. They want to know that stuff. So he would talk about that, and then he'd turn it over to me, and I'd come out and I'd be like, bang. Pals, who you know, fireworks going off and 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 doing Devon stuff. And um, one day we'd been speaking probably about four or five times, and then one day he we're speaking, I don't know, but group about 400 people. And uh, he says, You know, not every entrepreneur can have the Midas touch like Devon over here. And I'll, and compl- this, I didn't know this was coming, and uh, I thought, Well, what's he where's he going with this, right? <laughs> And he says, Devin has this thing that I call the Michael Jordan syndrome. And he reached in this duffel bag he had and he pulled out this basketball. And he starts dribbling it. He's dribbling this basketball while he's talking. And he goes, it's as if, and he's remember, he's dribbling this ball. And he's like, it's as if you're running down the court and you get to the top of the key and there's five guys between you and the basket. And you look over at the bench to Michael Jordan and you say, what do I do? <laughs> Michael Jordan says, well, it's easy. Just jump over all their heads and slam the ball. <laughs> and he goes, Devin has this thing, this this mindset in entrepreneurship, in business. And uh, and he would he would continue to talk about. He would that would segue into something else. And then I remember one day we were getting ready to speak somewhere else, and we were eating tacos beforehand. And I said, hey. Don't do the Michael Jordan thing today. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me. He's like, "Why?" Um, you know, because he used it to segue, I guess, into um, following your dreams. That's what that's what he was doing. And and I said, ah, "Don't compare me to Michael Jordan. You know, maybe compare Richard Branson or Bill Gates to Michael Jordan. You know, compare me if you want to." Spud Webb or uh, <laughs> you know, Spud yeah, so. Um, what was the guy's name with all the the colored hair? Those Chicago, uh, oh, uh, yeah. You know, p- compare me to somebody like like Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman. You know, and he goes, "Well, what what bothers you about it?" And I said, "Well, because you know, you're saying that I'm the greatest and this and that, and I'm not." You know, and one thing the one the thing that keyed him off into doing that was that I would often get asked about my failures, and I would say I've never failed, and that's an sounds like an arrogant thing to say, but I just what I meant and what I've clarified was. That I just didn't see them as failures. Yeah. I don't. They didn't recognize those things as failures. They were stepping stones. They were a part of the process. They were pre-successes. 
And so he, anyway, he, I, he starts explaining to him. I said, I don't want to be compared that way. And he said, that's not what I'm saying. He said, here's what I'm saying, Devin. And he said, it's as if, uh, you know, when Michael Jordan comes down the court and he gets to the top of the key and there's five guys between him and the basket, he has no idea if when he jumps to go slam the ball, if he's going to get his feet knocked out from under him, if he's even going to get to the basket, if somebody's going to, uh, if when he gets there, the ball's going to go burn off the backboard and fly off. And he has no idea. But based on the fact that he's Michael Jordan, he's, his education, his experience, his gut feelings, his, his knowledge, his skills, all based on all the things that make him up, he's willing to jump. Right. It's the willing to jump pieces. That's absolutely right. And he's right. I am willing to jump. Yeah. Um, based on all those things. A lot of people think that entre- successful entrepreneurs are risk takers. I hear it all the time. Yeah. None of us are risk takers. No, we, we can't afford to take risks like that. We take educated risks. Right. We we take those Michael Jordan leaps, and we. Yeah, that's a critical point that I wish everybody, and I've certainly, and I can even speak for myself, that, and I was talking to, um, he's become a friend. He's been in every one of my masterminds since the beginning, and and I was just having a conversation with him a couple of weeks ago, and he's noticed the tra- the difference between how I was, you know, four years ago even to now. And I and it's true is I I am so willing to jump in so many places that I wasn't willing to jump four years ago. Mm-hmm. And so many people that I talked to, they said it just seems so far fetched that you'd be willing to jump. It's a Carlos, our friend Carlos, sent me a video that Steve Harvey video. Did you see that where he was talking? It, someone at the end of an audience, at, at the end of one of his shows, thing, right, yeah. right? And he was talking about that exact same thing: is that you've been given this gift. To, you know, find you know you have a purpose, you have a gift, you have something that nobody else can do better than you, and it's your job to find it, find it, and execute on it, and take action on it. But you have to leap. You have to. If you don't leap, then you'll never experience the riches. You, you'll the never find it. Here's the and he said I can't remember if he said and he didn't say here's the bad news. He said here's the reality. When you jump. The parachute's not going to open for a while, mm-hmm. and you're going to hit a couple rocks and cliffs and ski, and you're like, "What did I just do?" That's a great. That's a great way to but say it. But at some point, you know, the parachute is going to open. Yeah, that's. And he put it in Christian terms of like it, you know, God has promised that if you leave, oh, okay. that you know what I mean, and that he kind of put it that way. But the point is the same that, and I believe this that if you do jump and you're willing to jump. It's the same thing they talk about in Pressfield's, you know, the war of art. That if you go ahead and do the work, you jump, you leap. Resistance, the universe has no other place for you but to move someplace. So providence, whatever, the universe has to move for you because you're doing the work. Yeah, I agree with that. And I I agree with that too. And I think that's part of what you're saying there is you have to be willing to jump. I'm willing to jump from half court now. Right. (laughs) And I and I say that that I think that is something that people, everybody that's listening to this can. You just you can't be afraid of it, right? Yeah. Now, now you can't. Like I said earlier, you can't take. You can be afraid of it, but you can. You have to know that if you're courageous enough to go ahead and leap, then that's when the richness comes. Mm-hmm. That's when the, the it, it has to. The universe has to move for it, you when you. Yeah, do it, it doesn't go any other way. I mean. 
And if you don't jump, then the universe does exactly what it, it continues to move on. That's right. <laughs> um, I let, you know, and I think that's part of what kind of tied into, and I've heard this, I know you and I have been in meetings, I think that meeting that we first met, I heard somebody say at that meeting, not everybody can be an entrepreneur. And I'm not saying everybody can be, it's like to me, I get I take that personally because I've heard people say, not everybody can be a leader. Because that ties into you're either born a leader or you're not. I disagree. I disagree with 100%. That that doesn't mean we're all going to be Elon Musk's or... That's right. Carn- it doesn't, that's not the point. The point is, whatever that gift that's been laid upon your heart, I think you shame the universe if you don't... Mm-hmm. If, I think you shame the universe if you don't find it and leap based yeah. on that. I don't know. What do you the think? Leaders are forged. I mean, I believe that... I think they are. You know, it depends on on circumstance and environment and all those other things. And um, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. Uh, I don't know. I think that you know, almost everybody that I've talked to and that I've coached on the show, this topic comes up more than anything. Is this, it's the fear of failure that prevents people. And like you've highlighted so eloquently here, is that I think that failure shouldn't even be in our lexicon. And I think you were the first person that I heard that said that there's, they're, pre, they're precursors to the success. To the Pre-successes. Pre-successes. Yeah. And I think if in the power of even changing that in your vocabulary, in your mind, when you hear that. And I, I'm curious what you... I still struggle, even on a daily basis. I've shared this with my listeners and people that I've coached. I've never was really... a. I'm still surprised even to this day how much negative self-talk I have in my head on a daily mm. basis. And I know a lot of people struggle with that same thing. And it's not necessarily big negative, like really, but if you really become self-aware and listen to what you're saying, it, it's shocking sometimes to say, even subconsciously I find myself saying, you don't belong in this space or you don't belong something like that. You hear yourself myself saying that to saying you? That. No one's saying that to me. Mm. But I've learned to flip it around. You know what I mean? It takes the same amount of effort and energy to say the exact opposite. So if you're saying to yourself, you say, well, why not me? And why not me? And there's an intentionality there. And I don't want to get into like, well, why why is that? Why do I beat myself up? I've talked to a lot of very significant and successful people. And Well, Barbara Corcoran was on my show. Mm -hmm. And she said if she gets in a situation that she's not comfortable with, even to this day, she goes back to that seven-year-old girl who was called stupid and dumb, and she has to battle it and fight it. But she's come sure. to she's come to accept that it's not worth the energy to try to make that ever go away. She just accepts that it's always going to be there in some fashion. But well, she's, it's part of the building block. You can't exactly. you can't pull it out and just say oh, I don't need this block anymore. It's in the wall. You know. I mean, oh, I love that. Um, I love how you just you're talking that. about Barbara Corcoran, the real estate developer, yeah. okay. Shark Tank Barbara Corcoran, yeah. She said, even to this day, she struggles with that, which I thought was pretty, well, it, it wasn't so much amazing. It was relieving in a sense. To hear her say that, yeah, yeah. It took a lot of, pre- when I hear that, I heard Steve Forbes even say that on my show in a conversation. It wasn't recorded, but I, mm-hmm. I asked him about failure, and he laughed, or fear, <laughs> yeah. and he laughed, and he says, I woke up this morning. yeah. Paralyzed. Paralyzed and thinking, I just made the dumbest decision or I don't belong in this space. And when I heard him say that, it was like, I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, you, the most, and we talked about, I think in our last conversation, we talked about being genuine. And when I hear you tell that about Steve and Barbara, they're just, that's what they're doing. They're being 100% genuine because they can't hide it. They can't mask it. But being in cont in being connected to that, being able to, to recognize it and see it and just use it as a yeah. springboard kind of a thing when you need it to be there um, is very genuine. It's a very genuine thing. And the most, the most successful and the most, um, the lead, the, the true leaders, they don't deny that. I mean, think about, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't believe how many times I hear somebody, uh, he, you know, unfortunately he's passed away, but David Bowie, you know, someone brought up recently, or I saw an interview with him recently about, are you still nervous when you go? And he is. Yeah. McCartney says he's nervous when he goes on stage. Uh, Bruce Springsteen says he's nervous before he goes on stage. Henry Fonda used to say he used to, even up to, I saw an interview with him with Carson. He was probably in his late 70s when he was there. Mm-hmm. And he said he, even if he's doing a play or he's getting ready to shoot a scene, he'll throw up before the scene. Yeah. Particularly if he's going on stage in front of a live audience, he would throw up. Because he and he was already nervous. well into his yeah, career, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 They're just, just, they're being genuine. That they're, they're, it's not that they're afraid to do that. They just know that's there. That's yeah. there. They don't, they don't say, oh, you know, I'm going to quit doing it now because, <laughs> because I, because I'm throwing up on stage. Yeah, because I've go. got butterflies or. But he knew that his purpose was to be an actor. That's what he was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Devin. Thirty minutes goes by quick. There's so much more we could talk about, but I just well, we'll do it in the next one. I loved, you know. I think I'm. We said this in the first one. I'm going to take some action and, and put out there, and maybe you can do this with your circle too. Maybe we'll create something where that people can send us some questions on topics or questions that they have when it comes to leadership, it comes to courage, fear, entrepreneurship, really anything's open game for us, right? Yeah, anything. yeah, absolutely, anything. I'd, I'd love to answer some specific questions and turn it into a Q&A sometime. Get into uh, some dialogue. I'd, yeah. I'd love that. Well, Should, Devin, you go ahead. I was going to say, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this. How's the book coming, by the way? You've got Gangstrapreneur coming out. How, how Chapter 4. Chapter 4? I'm doing several edits on the first... We, we're, I'm finishing a chapter and then going through edit, 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 edit. Probably about four or five edits back and forth. Um... But now I'm on four, solid into no, chapter number four, which, by the way, interestingly enough, is on leadership. Very cool. I'm excited to see it. Hey, for every listener out there, and just so that you know, Devin and I are are working together. We're looking to get um, some speaking gigs for, for Devin. If you need somebody to come in and talk about some of the topics that we've talked about here in these fireside chats, entrepreneurship, leadership, um, overcoming self-doubt, all those type of things, um, always available to speak at any organization you can reach myself or Devin I have links to this on the post that you can find in there anything you want to add to that Devin no that that? sounds great I'm always up for doing that and I'll speak to uh, any group I mean I've gone out to to maximum security prisons and spoke and I speak at at high schools and colleges and speak to vets a lot but any organization that uh, would like uh, somebody to come out and, and speak about the different mindset or perspective i'd be glad to do it awesome devin fun as always i look forward to doing number three and uh, thanks for being on the show see you soon 
Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership eBook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.